So when it comes to contraception, we've all heard about the pill. It remains one of the most popular forms of contraception in Australia. On today's episode, Hannah chats with two pill users. And just a disclaimer, this episode is only covering the combined pill. You know, the one with two hormones in it. We'll cover the mini pill, also known as the progesterone pill, in another episode. Hi everyone, my name is Hannah and I'm a sexual health doctor with a particular interest in contraception, reproductive rights and sexual health education. Today on the show, we are chatting about the pill. The main way the combined pill works is by preventing ovulation, which is the release of an egg from the ovary each month. They also cause cervical mucus to thicken, which prevents sperm penetrating through to fertilize an egg. The pill is extremely reliable when taken correctly, with a theoretical efficacy of about 99.7%. However, in studies looking at how effective the combined pill is in real life, it's more like around 91%. And this can be due to a large range of things, most commonly because it's taken incorrectly, but other things like illness can also contribute. To discuss the pill in a bit more detail, I'm joined today by Sarah and Jess. Welcome, guys. Hello. Hello. Thank you for being here. And both of you have traveled, so I appreciate that. So you guys have both come on the show very kindly to talk about your experience with the pill. So thank you for that. I just always like to preface these conversations with a bit of a disclaimer that these are exactly that. They're personal experiences and you're not trying to speak on behalf of, you know, every pill user out there. It's very personal. Okay, so we'll start with the basics. When did you guys start taking the pill or how long have you been on it for? Um, I've been on it for just over two years. Good stuff. Um, yeah. And you're 21 now? Yes. Yep. yep. And Jess? Um, I started when I was 19 and I've been on it for about 12 years now. Fabulous. On and off. Yeah. Which pills have you guys tried in the past? Yeah, so I started on Levlin um, and then I've only like recently last maybe like five months changed to Brenda. Okay. Yeah. And can I ask what the reason for the change was? Um, I'd like spoken to friends and they like some people had good experiences like with their skin, like acne mm. and things like with the Brenda one, like the different hormones in it. So I was like, oh, worth a try. Like I hadn't really been having any problems with the Levelin one, but yeah. I just was like, oh, maybe it'll help, but I don't even know if it has. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> um, it's interesting you mentioned that because so – Brenda, it's also called Diane or Estelle. Yep. It's got like nine or ten different trade names. And did you hear last year or the year before, it was in the news a lot because one of the MP's like daughters got a really big clot in her leg from being on Brenda. Oh my god. Do you god. remember that? No. Yeah, it got all this Shivers. really horrendous press and it was um managed quite badly actually because it really freaked a lot of people out Mm. who were on this particular pill but it turned out she had all these other risk factors for clots so she'd been on a long-haul flight overseas and she also had something called factor 5 laden which is a inherited kind of clotting disorder so she was had a very high risk of clotting anyway but because she was the daughter of an MP it kind of got in the media and everyone was like this pill needs to be taken off the market and all this kind of stuff but it is one that's commonly used as you say in that context for acne or skin things sometimes um people with PCOS or body hair those sorts of things that it 
tends to have a favorable kind of side effect profile for those things. So yeah, but that's interesting. So no real problems as such with the leveling that made you want to change? No, no. I mm-hmm. think I've been pretty lucky in terms of like side effects and things like compared mm-hmm. to other stories I've heard from other women. So yeah, yeah, it's good. And leveling's like a really standard one for you to be started on. So if if you go to the GP with no other kind of preferences or medical problems or anything it's it's a really common place for people to start because it's on the pbs it's quite cheap and it's proven to be safe and effective so yeah that's good what about you jess um so i got started on i can't remember the name but it would have been something really generic like diane 35 um and then i got put on yaz and then yasmin and then just a long line of others um my most recent one was levelin as well so and that one seemed to be okay yeah it's funny after you know all that journey then going back to kind of the most generic ones yeah what was the reason that you changed quite a few times over the years um i think i was just looking for that miracle pill the one Mm. that was had like ticked all the boxes yeah but i think i think they all are kind of i think I was looking for the one that was best for me. And I guess my friends had said that some had worked really well for them, but hadn't worked for me. So I just kept trying, trying to find the one. Yeah. And it had to do, I was trying to find something that balanced my mood as well. Cause yeah, I seemed so to, important. yeah, I just, it, often I'd find I was just in such a bad mood and I, I'd put it down to the pill. Yeah. Yeah. And that's quite common with, you know, all different types of hormonal contraception and we can never really predict you know, which individual is going to respond to hormones in which way. And I guess that's one of the really big advantages of the pill, that there are so many options out there that if one does make you feel down in the dumps or more anxious or whatever, there are other ones that you can try. Yaz is um, a pill where you only take four sugar tablets or hormone-free tablets. Did that kind of mess with things at all if you'd been used Um, to taking, you know, 21 and then seven hormone-free days? Well, Yaz was a sort of the first one that I was on for a long time. And so I just got used to it um, and and took that for years. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I went back to the doctor and she sort of questioned why I was on it. And I said, well, it was just what I was put on to begin with. Um, And then she just put me on something generic, uh, which worked out really well because it was a lot cheaper. Yeah. That's one of the problems with Yaz. And just as a, I guess, as a general point, one of the tricky things with the pill, so most of them, you take 21, like three weeks of hormone tablets and then you have the seven days of sugar pills or some people take no pills in that time or some people run the pill packs together but the generic kind of setup is 21 hormone pills and then seven days free the good thing about yaz is it shortens that hormone free break so it actually reduces the risk of you ovulating because one of the riskiest pills to miss in those 21 seven kind of formulations is the very first one of the next packet (laughs) didn't even know that I had no idea (laughs) so before you guys started on the pill for the first time did you have any kind of discussion with your doctor or whoever started you on it about what your options were or why they were starting that particular pill when I first went there was just I think I don't know whether it's because I asked for the pill because that's just what I kind of just thought I was going to get like I didn't really I kind of knew that there were other options but at the time like none of my friends were on anything different so I just kind of went oh yeah like I just want the contraceptive pill and she's like sweet like you know sounds good so she didn't really bring up any other options whereas I feel like maybe if I'd gone in and asked like I want contraception like what what do you think then we might have discussed more but Mm. it was just kind of a straight like 
here you go. Here's the like yeah. script. Off you go. Yeah. And it's kind of the easy option, I feel mm. like, because if, yeah, a lot of the other options do require you to have several appointments or referrals or things like that. Are you happy on the pill or are you kind of thinking, why wasn't I offered something else? <laughs> I am now. Like sometimes I think, oh, like it would have been like maybe better at the start to know, but like I'm used to it now and I'm mm. like fine at taking it most of the time. Yeah. Like I haven't had any bad real bad experiences to make me look for something else yeah okay and I'm like I don't have any of the like risk factors that would make me need to change yeah so yeah I think that's why I'm like oh, I'll just stick with it now yeah. yeah and in terms of the pill specifically did your doctor discuss with you there's hundreds of options this is why I'm starting this one or was it just like this is the fairly standard well, one it was like oh yeah this is like one like you you know see how you go with this yeah. and then it was like when I've gone back to her and been like oh like I want to try a different one she was like yeah sure like let's give it a go so yeah. it's kind of been me leading it I guess yeah okay and what about you Jess yeah totally the same there was no real discussion it was just I went in I got the prescription and that was it I kind of wish the doctor had had a discussion mm-hmm. um it would have been good to know what my options were but I didn't do any of my own research either so yeah, yeah. I think like it is hard though because where do you get reliable information from? I think that's a lot of people go to their doctor presuming that they're going to have that discussion with them about what your options are and what's most reliable. And I think so much of this stuff is just about having that knowledge so you can make a bit of an informed decision. I'd always encourage people to write down questions. I think that's a really good approach. I think a lot of people go to their GP or whatever and you get quite flustered or a bit intimidated and then you don't feel like you can ask questions. So, yeah, I think um, I think, I think really cause like we were both quite young, like, you know, like Jess said she was 19 when she started as well. Yeah. And like, you know, you've like you've just got your partner or whatever and you just want something like yeah, to start totally. like straight away. Like you don't want to have to wait how many weeks or whatever to see a different specialist so it's kind of like oh yeah that sounds good yeah yeah and I guess that's the other good thing about the pill because it's really quickly reversible often you can start on it while you're thinking about your other options so that's another good way to kind of look at it it's not necessarily that you have to be on it forever now that you started on it but um you can see if you like it and if you don't no dramas you can try other stuff So why do you think you guys have preferred to use the pill over other types of contraception? It's just familiar, I think. Yeah, it was just an option that I knew I had and there's so much to choose from. So it just, it felt the most convenient, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's also like, I feel like I have like an element of control over it. Like, you know, theoretically Mm -hmm. you can stop it at any time, like, you know, depending on what you want to do. Like it just feels like, oh yeah, like I'm choosing to do this every day like yeah yeah and I think that's really important for a lot of people things like the Implanon and the Marina those things are great but some people do want to have that element of control that they can stop it without necessarily having to go back to the doctor and have it removed or whatever and that's I guess one thing you know if you're traveling overseas or whatever there can be other barriers to seeking healthcare. so if you have that option available to you if you do experience bad side effects or whatever obviously it's within your power to stop it whenever you want so I might just read out some of the kind of generic advantages that we counsel patients about just so that the listeners have a bit of an idea if they're considering using the pill. Um, So it's, as I mentioned before, very effective with correct use, readily accessible, very reversible. It gives people the ability to control their cycles. Is this something you guys took advantage of at all in terms of skipping periods or planning when you would have a period? Yeah, but I only realized very later, like much later on, that I could do that. And I was like, why haven't I been doing this earlier? It's it's great that you can do that. So is that just not 
mentioned to you at the start um, or I don't know I, I think I had this idea that I should give myself a period because it yeah. was better for my body even though I know now that it doesn't make a difference yeah I don't know I guess I just didn't know better yeah and I think you're certainly not alone there like that's been kind of a theme that's been accompanying the pill since it came around in like this 1960s I think a big part of it was like quite patriarchal views Mm -hmm. of women's sexual health but also they generally felt it would be more acceptable to society in general if women were still having a period so and unfortunately that's kind of continued to I guess implicate how it's used later down the track but we know it's perfectly safe um yeah to to skip certain periods to skip periods while you're taking the pill what about you Sarah do you yeah I've done it quite a bit like just oh I can't handle it this month like just yeah yeah. not today yeah yeah (laughs) I know like just and especially like traveling and things like Mm. you know if you just like it's just inconvenient really and if you don't have to like and over summer and you're swimming all the time it's just like so good other things that uh, we kind of talk about as being advantages of the pill are that it can help manage symptoms of pms did you guys notice any sort of change in your pms type symptoms if you had them at all yeah yeah i think i definitely don't get as much pain like when i do have a period like yeah i guess that's probably actually when i have the period itself like i don't get as much pain yeah yeah but i'm i haven't ever had like really bad pms yeah. anyway yeah mm-hmm. what about you just i was just having a think about <laughs> it actually because i've been off it for three months now and i yeah. thought that my mood would actually improve but it's actually gotten worse oh no. so i think i think it does help it must to a degree because i just yeah yeah <laughs> connecting the dots as we yeah. talk <laughs> yeah again it's a very um individual experience and some people anecdotally might find that their pms symptoms are worse but in general um because of that regulation of the hormones and you're not having the normal fluctuations we do tend to see that most people have an improvement other good things that can be used for other i guess gynecological problems like picos and endometriosis and for sort of women approaching menopause when cycles can be really irregular and all the symptoms that go along with that it can also be favorable in those situations too how do you guys manage remembering to take the pill i do mine in the morning Mm -hmm. um and it's like because i do like my same kind of skincare routine every day so i take it like when i do that yeah yeah so i guess a phrase for this recently it's Mm. called habit stacking if you've got to remember to do something, you do it right at the same time that you are going to do something else Yeah, well, anyway. that's, like, basically what I've done. Because yeah, otherwise, smart. like, if I – because I know friends, like, put a reminder on their phone and stuff. But, yeah. like, I, I know, that like, I'm going to do that every day. Like, I'm going to wash my face or whatever. So, yeah. like, yeah, I just do it then. But, like, the time, I guess, can be a tiny bit variable there, which I don't know if it's, that's great because, yeah. you know, I might get up at different times. But that's generally what I do. Yeah. What about you, Jess? No, mine was just habit as well. And mine was really off. Like my friend used to set an alarm and she used to take it at the same time every day, whereas I'd do it like 7 o'clock in the morning and then the next day it'd be like 9. And that honestly, it never affected anything. But yeah, um, yeah, it was fine, I think. Yeah, and that's one of the good things, I guess, about the combined pill because you've got the estrogen and progesterone. It's kind of got a few more actions to prevent ovulation and pregnancy in general. Um, Whereas if you're on the 
progesterone only one, which Jess, you've been yeah. on that as well before. Yep. Did you find that you had to be a lot more strict with the timing I of did. that? That yeah. was mentioned. So I had to set an alarm and I was very strict. And yeah. after a while, you just get into the habit of taking it. So yeah. yeah. So you've got to kind of be within a three hour window yes. for that one. Yep. But the, the combined pills a bit more forgiving, which is good. So if you guys travel overseas, Sarah, you mentioned you <laughs> like traveling. What do you do in terms of managing your pill cool. and the time you take it? I'm I'm really bad at this I think Mm -hmm. like especially going somewhere like Europe where it's like a totally different time zone like I kind of just wing it like (laughs) I I don't really have a system I don't know if there's a correct way to do it there probably is but I kind of just try and take it in Australian time like while I'm on the plane and then once I'm there like just change to the morning and so maybe I, like I might have taken one a bit too close together or something but I yeah yeah so I think okay. that's just what so I you've inadvertently do. done the right thing basically oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah <laughs> we always would recommend rather than waiting longer to take it so if it's going to be due you know if oh, it's actually really hard to explain without talking about specific times but yeah we would always prefer someone to take two pills in a day to reschedule what time they're taking it rather than to wait longer do you have any other tips or tricks for what you used you to know, do Jess? I've never thought about it until yeah. you asked the question I think I just <laughs> like treat it like jet lag in that you just wait until the time comes around and I suppose when you're traveling you're too busy anyway so it's not as if I was in any danger of falling pregnant in that time so it was it was yeah. never an issue I don't yeah think. okay yeah mm. So we might just move to some questions that people have sent in from Instagram. The first one just says, does the pill make you fat and moody? I laughed at that one. <laughs> what do you, well, what's your oh, experience been? <laughs> yeah, I've, I think I did gain some weight initially when I first started taking it, but I know I've, I've found it hard to pinpoint what like things are actual side effects of the pill and then what's just like, maybe that was just going on in my life at that time. Like, yeah. or I don't know, even being moody, like. I was thinking about it and I feel like there was a time when I was just like a bit crazy for a while, but I don't know whether that was to do with the pill or if it was just like a weird time. Yeah. So It's yeah. tricky because so many different things kind of impact on your mood and your mental health and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I guess in the literature, at least it's, they've not been able to demonstrate that the pill, you know, makes you more likely to get depression or anything like that. But Jess, you've mentioned that kind of working out what what worked best yeah. for you in terms of mood was important what was yeah. your experience um the first time I went on the pill I really noticed it so the week that I started the pill for the very first time I just remember feeling so depressed and mm. I could just like I just 100% knew that something was wrong because my mood was completely different um and so I guess I've always had that in the back of my mind and so I've been just chasing the the right pill trying to find something that stabilizes my mood but like Sarah said it could be anything really um mm. you could just be having a bad week and then attributing that to the pill when it's not so mm. it's hard to pinpoint it is for sure I guess we we always have to take a step back if you've noticed a really sudden change after you start taking the pill obviously that is information you know but yeah with a lot of these things it's just working through what else could be contributing mm. other other things that we could kind of implement to help manage that as a side effect or is it just a matter of trying something different to kind of help um, just on the weight thing as well, there's no current evidence that really supports a causal relationship between taking the pill and weight gain. Some contraceptives there are, like the the depo, for example, but with the pill, yeah, there's not great evidence that, you know, one causes the other, so to speak. The next question says, how many times can you skip a period and is it safe to skip your period? 
how many times do you were you guys kind of skipping a period when you were doing that I've done it like I've gone through like three packets of pills before I've had a period so like yeah. three months yeah but that's the longest I've gone and then I've been like oh I should have a period yeah <laughs> were you kind of in a similar oh position, I thought you meant Jess? like skip as in forget to take it no sorry I mean how many times did you run pill packs together oh. and skip the hormone free um, ones a couple of times maybe Three or four months. Yeah. Because I heard it was completely safe. And then once I heard that, I'm like, oh, well, forget it. <laughs> yeah, do whatever. I <laughs> Yeah. I don't need a period. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the general advice now. It's actually not unsafe to skip periods. The problem is that for some people, they will get breakthrough bleeding or spotting. And so we just say, if you get to that point, obviously, then's a good time to have a withdrawal bleed. So take the, horm- the hormone-free pills at that point and then you can resume doing it. Next question says, does the pill affect your libido or sex drive? Any experiences there, guys? Um, yeah. When I, the times that I went off it, I mm. noticed. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's not so great when you're on the pill. Yeah. And was it kind of a significant enough change for you that you felt oh, I want to come off it because it's impacting my personal life too much? Oh, or? No, it. I mean, there's pros and cons. I guess it just falls mm. into the con column. Yep. But, yeah. Yeah, I guess it's always <laughs> like risk versus benefit. Yeah, exactly. What role is this playing that's good versus what's, yeah, what bad things is it causing? What about yeah, you? Yeah, I think I'm like the same kind of movie. Like, oh, yeah, like it's just one of those things. Like it's not, I don't think it's ever like impacted enough to stop taking it, but... Like, I I think it would be interesting if I went off it for a bit to see what the difference would be because, yeah. Yeah. And again, like like all side effects with the pill, it affects people really differently. And for some people, this will be a really pervasive side effect um, that will make them want to come off it. Uh, They actually did a study in Sweden on women aged 18 to 35. There were over 300 participants and it was a double-blind randomized placebo-controlled trial, so a very high-quality trial. And it basically showed that the overall sexual function of people on the pill is not affected, but there tended to be specific side effects seen in several in certain domains so desire arousal and pleasure um, but things like orgasm self-image um, responsiveness and concern they were kind of the other areas they they looked at they weren't affected so I guess like anything it's kind of down to the individual experience but there is good medical evidence that it can potentially affect libido sex drive that kind of thing so yeah and I guess that's one of those things too if that's already maybe a concern for you that might be something that persuades you not to go on the pill and to try something else instead. Next question just says, will it make me infertile? <laughs> what were you guys told about this? Um, I, I've read that it doesn't and often people, I've, I mean, I've heard stories of friends who have gone off it and they've been pregnant within the week. So yeah. <laughs> from what I've read and from what I've heard that it's, and it's a no yeah and I've like I've heard like and like you everything you read like all like the proper stuff is like no it's fine and then like you just hear all like the I don't know weird like Instagrams or like people that's you know like that you should be doing like just the fertility awareness method or whatever because otherwise you won't be able to have kids and it's like god but yeah. Yeah. yeah so I feel like there's a lot of fear around it yeah um, and it's very easy to find that kind of <laughs> fear-fueled information on social media I think obviously I never want to disregard anyone's personal experience um, but we do know overall in large 
population studies that there's no proven effect on fertility. We do know that there can be a slight delay in time to conception, um, but it's usually in the realm of weeks to months. Um, And just some facts again for people who might be considering the pill and are concerned about this question about fertility. A large percentage will have a normal period within 30 days of stopping and about 97% will have a period within 90 days of stopping. Um, And that's true whether or not you're taking your hormone-free pills or whether you're running them together or anything like that. And at the end of the day, if it's been three months you've been off the pill and you're not having a period, that's a time when you should see your doctor anyway and obviously other things contribute to infertility as well so again if you start taking it when you've been having normal periods as an 18 year old and then you stop taking it when you're 38 obviously age is going to come into your fertility and that kind of thing as well and other medical problems so again it's tricky to completely blame the pill in any of these situations but yeah I guess the general message is that you can be reassured because it's not proven to reduce fertility. And just one more fact on that, about 80% of women who cease the pill will be pregnant within the first year of trying. So that's... It's pretty good. Pretty good percentages, really. (laughs) The next question says, if I want to get pregnant, how long before should I stop taking the pill? Well, is this something that you're even considering at the moment? No. (laughs) No. Yes. No, no, no. Not on the ballpark not in your ballpark at the moment what about you i'm in the yes camp yeah yeah my um yeah all my friends have kids so i'm i'm late to the party on that one but a friend of mine said make sure you give yourself time make sure that you like wait a few months to level out Mm -hmm. um but again other people have said like it's fine don't have to wait at all so yeah it's so tricky when you get all this conflicting advice isn't it yeah Yeah. I guess as a general rule we always say don't stop your contraception until you're ready to have a baby because there is that you know as you said you could be pregnant within the week that's it so if you're not ready it's probably not ideal to stop I do know though a lot of people as you say like to give their body some time to kind of regulate Mm -hmm. get back into their normal cycle so they will stop using the pill but they might use condoms while they're kind of planning and waiting and that kind of thing but yeah again there's no hard and fast rule that you know you have to stop a certain number of months or weeks beforehand another person's written in and just said does it make you lose hair (laughs) if you guys notice that at all i've Mm. got a very full head of hair so that's a hard no from me saying and i molt all the time so i I wouldn't be able to tell the difference but yes i did do a bit of a lit review for this person and there is absolutely no evidence that the pill causes hair loss next question just says does the pill mess with your hormones i think that's the point (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's funny you say that because so many people ask me that question about all different types of contraception and yeah at the end of the day yes it does because that's how it works so I guess it just depends what you're actually asking when you say does it mess with my hormones in terms of irreversibly no but yes in the short term in terms of how it actually works yes it is it is manipulating your hormones so will my skin get worse when I come off it that's something I'm worried about (laughs) yeah yeah did your skin get better when you went on it I think yeah yeah, yeah, it did. Did yeah. you notice that with the Levlin or just with the Brenda? Um, I think it did get a bit better with the Levlin and then kind of just like plateaued, like wasn't getting any, like was just kind of normal. And then it's gotten a bit better with Brenda again. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So, yeah, as we kind of touched on before, the Brenda does have some more anti-androgen effects and it tends to be those quote-unquote male hormones that contribute to acne so a lot of people do experience improvement on Brenda what about you Jess did you notice it's been so bad yeah Yeah. um I noticed this when I came off um and I 
went from like being a teenager who had perfect skin Mm. never had a pimple and then went off the pill or chopped and changed quite a bit and noticed just immediately um yeah like adult acne is not fun it isn't and (laughs) they always say it's like a teenage problem but it's definitely a problem of like the 20s and 30s I think like so many people struggle with that and yeah you don't have to necessarily be on Brenda as such to experience the good kind of skin side effects of the pill. Um, and yeah, unfortunately, some people do notice that they get a bit of rebound acne when they come off it. I guess that said, there are other ways to manage acne. It's not just down to hormonal contraception. So if you do feel for other reasons you need to come off the pill, it might be worth looking into those. Next question just says, is there a limit to how long I can take it? What were you guys kind of <laughs> told about this? I don't think I was told anything. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm just assuming I can just keep taking it until I want to get pregnant. Yeah. 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 It wasn't really discussed. Yeah. And Jess, you were on it for a long Um, time on and off. Yeah, I have been for ages. When I first went on it, there was a bit of concern about being on it for too long. But I think that those worries have been sort of eased with new information that's come out yeah yeah you're exactly right like there's no again hard and fast rules about how long you you can stay on it obviously with any medication it's always do the risks outweigh the benefits and if so that's when we stop it so if there's been no significant change in your general health you know if you're not haven't started any new medications or put on lots of weight or have heart disease or become diabetic or if none of that has changed then there's no usually hard and fast reason that you would have to come off it um obviously if you want to fall pregnant that's a very good reason to stop it but outside of that um it's just about yeah if those risks are outweighing the benefits next question and i'd be interested to hear your guys opinion about this it just says why do so many people seem to be coming off the pill is this something you've kind of noticed in your own? No, um, I, no one that I know has come off it for any particular reason, yep. not for health concerns. Or I think the only thing I can think of is when I was younger, I thought I didn't like the idea of being on a pill because I didn't like the idea of putting something like artificial into my body every yeah. day and that turned me off. So that's the only thing I can really think of as to why people might want to go off. Yeah, I think I've just noticed in general like I have some friends that have like chosen other contraceptive like methods like recently yeah um, like for different reasons you know like like getting migraines like with the aura you know like things like that that you're supposed to get off the pill yeah Um, but then I feel like in general it's kind of like a bit of a I don't know whether it's just going out of fashion or something like people like not wanting to put like you know hormones in their body every day and things like that like um I don't know whether it's just a general kind of like a trend to yeah. be more natural and stuff like that. Um, I think you're right. Like lots of, for a lot of people putting hormones or artificial things in their body in general, like obviously people want to avoid doing that if there's risks associated with it. So I kind of do understand to an extent why, why people feel that way. And it again, tends to be something I see a lot in on Instagram. Like there's, I was going to say that, like influences yeah. like that are maybe more like health and wellness kind of thing. And, yeah. you know, like it, maybe the numbers of people going off it actually aren't that high, but like they might be sharing their story and then it's like all the For comments sure. like, oh, yes, like I went off the pill and I feel like a million times better. And, you yeah. know, then you go, oh, maybe should I be looking at something else? Like, Yeah, yeah. And it's tricky because um, you often hear all the bad stories on the internet, don't you? But you don't really hear 
you know, people like just being like, oh, I've been on the pill for 12 years and it was fine. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, you, you hear the really dramatic bad stories, but not the kind of good ones. So yeah, I I've think- definitely noticed that it's been a thing at the moment. Like, um, like I'm in like different kind of groups on Facebook and stuff. And I find it's like a big topic of conversation. Yeah. Like if someone puts a post about that, like, you know, it's like thousands of comments, like, yes, I've had this experience. Like, so it's definitely something everyone wants to talk about. For sure. Yeah. And again, like I, I don't want to discount anyone's personal experience and I think it's if that's something that's important to you not to have hormones or artificial hormones in your body then by all means seek out an option that doesn't require that um yeah that's fine there's other good options out there now you guys may not want to answer this question and that's fine if you don't it just says does the pill change your discharge or cause yeast infections no no <laughs> you haven't noticed <laughs> no good. I haven't <laughs> I guess from a medical point of view, any hormonal contraception can potentially affect the microbiota of the vagina, but generally the pill actually is protective against things like bacterial vaginosis um, and hasn't been shown as far as I'm aware to increase the risk of yeast infections or thrush. Again, the pill's very reversible. So if you're one of the minority that does experience that as a troublesome side effect, you can very easily stop it and try something else. Is there anything else you guys wanted to mention or thought we should chat about? I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. Nope. I feel like we've covered quite a bit. I'm going to do a little express episode as well where I answer some other questions sent in from Instagram just because they're all very medical. So yeah. I don't want to make you guys comment on which pill to take while breastfeeding and stuff like that. So if your question hasn't been answered in today's episode, please listen to the express one that will be coming shortly. Thank you guys so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. You to you, you to me, you to us is a podcast for general discussion only. Nothing we talk about should be taken as personal medical advice and it does not substitute information or instructions given to you by your own doctor. If the podcast raises any questions or concerns for you, please see your GP, sexual health or family planning clinic. For general discussion, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. And please stop trusting strangers on the internet with your health. This podcast is a production of Simo Interactive, home of the My Millennial Money podcast. Podcast.